You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into your latest episode of Nothing But Bets. I am your host, Evan Sidery. I'm a national NBA reporter for basketballnews.com. You can go ahead and follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, at eSidery, at E-S-I-D-E-R-Y. We're back to guests today as we're going through my self-proclaimed bet week. I did actually on our staff meeting on Monday morning, going through some content ideas for the upcoming weeks or so. And I came up with this idea just to have a bet week here on basketballnews.com. And if you haven't already, go ahead and check out the first few articles that are already on display for most improved player, also rookie of the year. I'm going to be diving into both of those today, going through both articles, going over my favorite predictions for both those, and also my dark horse for rookie of the year, as well as most improved player. So we're going to start this off, though. Before we get started, a quick reminder, make sure you're following, subscribing to Nothing Vets. Make sure you're giving us a five-star review as well. And also make sure you're following basketballnews.com and our basketballnews.com podcast network. There's so many great podcasts, so much great content all on basketballnews.com. So make sure you're checking us out and making us your one-stop shop for everything NBA and basketball itself. So we appreciate all the support here. But let's go ahead and dive in now into our first segment of the show, going over rookie of the year odds, my favorite two predictions alongside my dark horse, and let me give you my explanation for all three. And I think all of these make actually a lot of sense. So let's go through rookie of the year. And the first one is obvious. He's actually the betting favorite. All odds today are provided via DraftKings, by the way. Over on DraftKings, Paolo Bancaro is the betting favorite for the from the Orlando Magic, number one overall pick at plus 320 odds. Not surprising. I think Paolo has a clear runway to be the number one scorer, the alpha dog immediately in Orlando's rebuild. I think he could be an 18 to 20 point per game scorer right away. I don't know if the Magic will win a lot of games, but I think they're going to be probably a team that's in that high 20s, I would say, like 20, 29 wins. I could see happening for Orlando, still get a top five, top six pick. But I think Paolo is going to flash a lot this year, have a lot of really good games. I think the infrastructure around Bancaro sets up very well for him too, at least defensively, so he can focus more on his special offensive gifts. You still have Wendell Carter, Franz Wagner, you re-signed Mo Bamba, Jalen Suggs is there, Markel Foltz is there. There's a good infrastructure. Also, Jonathan Isaac is a wild card to, to mention here as well. He is in their picture. And also Chuma Okiki. So there is an awful lot of versatility defensively around Paolo Bancaro. He could really focus on being the primary scorer for the Magic be a 20-plus point per game score. I don't know if that's going to happen right away in year one, but I could see definitely like 18, 19 points per game for Bancaro, six, seven rebounds per game, about two and a half assists, maybe a steal. Uh, I think Bancaro's put up some awesome counting numbers for Orlando this year. It's going to be actually a really fun team to watch this year with that young core I just mentioned. It's not going to win a lot of games for them, but I think there's going to be a lot of hype around Bancaro in Orlando moving forward here. And how Bancaro, I think, could win rookie of the year is very similar to how LaMelo Ball won it back against Anthony Edwards in 2020, where both guys put up a lot of the similar numbers, but LaMelo Ball kind of had that media narrative around him where he was pumped consistently, triple doubles, and having all these highlight reels on Center. I could see a lot of the same thing here with Paulo Bancaro, where he puts up 25, 30-point games. He has some really impressive scoring nights efficiency-wise, and I don't think there's any reason to believe why Bancaro won't be an immediate 20-point per game scorer, along with some great statistics as well. So I love Paulo Bancaro. As the top option here on DraftKings at plus 320 odds. If I had to guess who'd win right now, I would guess Paolo Bancaro at plus 320. So that's where I lock in 
for Bankera at plus 320 odds. But then Chet Holmgren checks in here at plus 350 odds. And that's really interesting because the discrepancy between Bankero and Holmgren is not much at all. Almost identical atop DraftKings board here. Plus 320 for Bankero, plus 350 for Chet Holmgren. And the further we get away from the draft, I absolutely love the fit between Chet Holmgren and the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think there's so much potential on paper for Holmgren. He should already in summer league with Josh Giddy, the chemistry they're already forming. I think Shea Gillis-Alexander is a young star in this league. Lugans Dorr just got paid. Kendrick Williams is a key role player for them. I think I saw Chet Holmgren play in person once this year when they actually played Texas Tech back in December at Talking Stick Resort Arena, as it was formerly called. Now it's called the Footprint Center because they change the name so often now with arenas, it gets hard to keep up sometimes. But you see Chet Holmgren, he, fla- he didn't really flash much in that game against Texas Tech, but he did all the little things so well to me where his floor is very high to me and his ceiling is astronomical. Like we've already seen he can splash threes, be an elite rim protector, do all, all around little things that make him such a great player. So I think the floor and the ceiling is very high for Chet Holmgren. I think he could be an immediate producer in Oklahoma City. Unlike Orlando, there's not a lot of competition for Chet Holmgren as far as minutes go at the big man spot. So I think Holmgren's going to be playing at least 30 plus minutes per game immediately. And his fit alongside Giddy, alongside Jay Gillis-Alexander and the rest of these guys is a lot of fun to me. They're still a year or two away from competing in the Western Conference. But I think a year or two from now, we could be seeing Chet Holmgren, SGA, Giddy, Dor- whoever they pick a top 2023 draft as well. Don't forget Usman Jang and Jalen Williams who just drafted this year. So much young talent is coalescing together in OKC. It's very exciting to watch from a rebuild standpoint. But with so much talent that Holmgren is naturally given, just his ability to arm splash threes with ease and do his defense and have all the around production he can do on a basketball court and a low usage role. I mean, just imagine we could do an even a high usage role. That's what makes it even more exciting to me with an NBA pace and space for Chet Holmgren. So I would not blame you at all if you win the direction of Chet Holmgren winning rookie of the year at plus 350 odds. I think it's actually a really strong bet to make if you wanted to go against Bancaro. So I would not blame you one bit there. So Chet Holmgren at plus 350 is my plan B option here. Uh, the top two choices on top of DraftKings board as well with Bancaro at plus 320, Holmgren at plus 350. So let's dive in now to my blue, my blue collar dark horse, so to say, at plus 1000 odds. He's a guy that's flown under the radar completely over the last couple of months since the draft. And that is Benedict Matherin at Indiana Pacers at plus 1000 odds. Too good for me to pass up on to at least really keep an eye on throughout the season because Benedict Mathur, and he showed throughout Summer League, even though no one talked about it, he was the most efficient scorer in Summer League. He averaged 19.3 points and four rebounds per game in 22 minutes. He scored with ease on all three levels of the court. He showed great defensive ability. He flashed in playmaking, immediate contributor as far as a effortless three-point shot as well. I think entering his rookie year, Mathur has slotted into an extremely important role for the Pacers there overdue rebuild attempt gets underway because we already seen them move all these pieces around. Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon, Damana Sabonis are all gone. Miles Turner and Buddy Heel could soon be out as well as far as veterans go. It's really a youth movement, full effects, 30 plus years in the making, Indianapolis for the Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton leading the way, but Benedict Matherin is right there as a key co-pillar alongside Halliburton. I think that backcourt between Matherin and Halliburton has special potential. I mean, Halliburton's a pass first point guard. He's a 20 and 10 type of guy, in my opinion. I think Matherin is a 20-point-per-game score immediately. So he could be a guy that instantly becomes a pitcher's top-scoring option. And that is something that, unlike a lot of places, maybe Paulo has that. I think Paulo maybe has the only argument outside of this to Benedict Matherin, where he could be the number one option for the Pacers for any team right away. 
So that's where I think the situation sets up very well for Benedict Mather in the short term and the long term. I think he's going to develop into a star alongside Halliburton in Indianapolis. But I love his potential here. And he's getting slept on. I think that value here at plus 1,000 for me is too good to pass up on. So we're going to be locking in here. Benedict Mathurin for plus 1,000 as my dark horse prediction. Steph Curry's record-breaking three-pointer. Jason Tatum's buzzer-beating alley-oop. John Moran's poster dunk. NBA Top Shot is where the greatest moments in NBA history are turned to officially licensed digital collectibles. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards to make it easier to buy, sell, and collect, bringing all the household grading, shoeboxes, and shipping fees. You can buy or sell moments in a few clicks and access them at any time on your phone or computer. Your collection is always at your fingertips. Start collecting Top Shot moments in any way you want. Collect rookie moments from future stars like Evan Mobley and Kate Cunningham. Collect throwback moments from former stars like Shaq and Allen Iverson. Or collect moments from your favorite team to gain access to exclusive perks. Grab your starter pack today and Top Shot will give you $20 back to start your collection and pick up some of your favorite moments in the marketplace. Go to about.nbatopshot.com slash bballnews and get in the game today. Again, that is about.nbatopshot.com slash bballnews and get in the game today. But let's go on here to our final segment of the show, talking through most improved player. And these are, again, all odds provided via DraftKings. The easy one to me that stands out instantly is Anthony Edwards at plus 1,000. As I said multiple times on basketballnews.com recently via podcast or writing, I am all in on Minnesota this year. They have such a great core, I think. I think going all in for Rudy Gobert makes a lot of sense with the infrastructure they have around them. I think it's going to be a great fit with Anthony Towns. I think D'Angelo Russell is going to improve with Gobert being there. But I think the biggest beneficiary is going to be the most improved player favorite on DraftKings, which is Anthony Edwards at plus 1,000 odds. I think he showed in the postseason how special a player he can be. 25-point-per-game score instantly flashed on that kind of stage. He has that dog mentality in him. He has that never-say-die attitude. I'm all on Anthony Edwards as a superstar player in the NBA. I think he's going to take a huge jump forward next year, which is kind of the John Morant-type trajectory we just saw with Memphis and Morant, where Morant helped carry Memphis to a 50-plus win season. They were a top C in the West, and we see an easy runaway win for Morant to win MIP. So I could see the same thing happening here with Anthony Edwards. They're over under projection checks, and I believe it was 48 and a half, easily hammering the over there for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think they're a 50-plus win team this year. I love the fit with Gobert and Towns as they mesh together. I think D'Lo will have a good year as well. But Anthony Edwards is the straw that stirs a drink here. I think he's going to be a 25-plus point-per-game scorer next season. He takes that jump to superstar. So I love locking in Anthony Edwards atop the board here at plus 1,000. I could say really going down the closer we get to the season. So Anthony Edwards at plus 1,000. That's my favorite bet. But right behind him, Tyrese Halliburton at plus 1,200 odds is something that you shouldn't sleep on as well because Halliburton, when he got traded away from the Pacers or from the Kings to the Pacers, when that Pacers traded Sabonis to Sacramento, he put up some super impressive numbers. He averaged 17 and a half points, 9.6 assists and 1.8 steals on a very efficient 62.9 true shooting percentage. Halliburton showcased he can handle the additional workload, so the sky's the limit for what's next, in my opinion. And with the system flowing through him, Halliburton can provide instant 20 and 10 potential for Indiana. And like I mentioned before, his fit with Benedict Matherin is so strong on paper. But unlike, unlike Anthony Edwards here, this is what's going to be going against Tyrese Halliburton, is the win totals. Almost doubling in the other direction is the Pacers' win total projection from DraftKings at 24 and a half which is the second worst in the NBA that the Rockets and the Spurs are tied for lower at 23 and a half. But it just shows you that this team is in a prime position to tank next year. And Halberg could be putting up some really good numbers, but it's probably going to be on a really bad team. So I could be going against him in a potential race against Anthony Edwards for the mid-crown. But last season, by the way, when Halberg got traded to the Pacers, 
Only three other point guards averaged at least nine and a half assists per game last season. Chris Paul, James Harden, and Trey Young. So that's a super impressive list for Tyrese Halliburton to be a part of. I could easily see 20 and 10 being on the table next year for Halliburton. So he comes in at number two for my plan B option for most improved player. I think he's a worthy running mate. So I love Halliburton here at plus 1,200 if you feel the need to do so and place a wager on that. But here's my dark horse pick for most improved player. And it is a huge one here at plus 4,500 odds, but it was too good to pass up on, in my opinion. Let me make my case for you here in just a minute. Evan Mobley of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who was the number three overall pick in last year's draft. When I was scrolling through the odds, I was just blown away here by how low Evan Mobley was at 4,500 way down on the list near the bottom. And I don't understand that. I know Evan Mobley won't be a top scoring option for them because of Darius Garland's arrival there into a star player. Also, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Colin Sexton, if he comes back as well. There's a lot to go around ball-wise, but Evan Mobley, he averaged last season as the third or fourth option most nights. 15 points, 8.3 rebounds, two and a half assists, and 1.7 blocks per game. He was a huge part of the Cavs' jump to being a near playoff team next year. I think they should take another jump forward next year with Garland improving, Allen improving, whoever with Levert and Sexton and all their other pieces that fit in together. They had a strong draft class too. But Evan Mobley, he could be a guy that takes an Embiid and Anthony Davis type of jump, in my opinion. I mean, it's the guy who was hyped at the beat coming out of USC. And ironically enough, only two players joined Mobley putting up the numbers he did last season. Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis of 15 points and two and a half assists per game. And that was Mobley in his rookie campaign. So I would not rule out at all. Evan Mobley put up, let's say, 20 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, two blocks per game. That'd be a monster number. If Cleveland wins a lot of games next year, you have a huge narrative around you already for Evan Mobley where he could easily become a top contender for most improved players. So when I was looking through the odds here, I had to hammer personally Evan Mobley at plus 4,500 odds is my dark horse here. Too good to pass on. I hope my argument made a little bit of sense to you there because... I just think it makes too much sense here. Evan Mobley was hyped up as this type of prospect, an NB to Davis-like prospect. If he can be that type of player, take that jump we all expect him to. I think plus 4,500 odds for most improved players for Evan Mobley is a very worthy bet. So that is it for today's episode of Nothing But Bets. Appreciate everyone listening in, as always, to the podcast. Again, make sure you rate, subscribe, and make sure you follow us on whatever streaming platform you're listening to. Make sure you read and rate, review, subscribe to Nothing Bets as well, and also basketballnews.com. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at eSidery. And also make sure you're reading basketballnews.com for all of our great staff, all of our great content we bring you all throughout the offseason. And with the season right around the corner here, there's going to be a lot more content coming out from the betting side of things. So make sure you tune in all throughout BetWeek here on basketballnews.com. And make sure you have a great day and happy betting to you here on this Tuesday.